Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On SENSI, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Sandful taking a bit of a breather this weekend, which is great because it's been a chaotic 2023 season, fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo here on SENSA. Sam Skinner from South Adelaide, not too far away. And then we will head into your power rankings, men's, and uh, have a look at the run home for all of the teams because finals still alive for the majority of them. We thought it was a great opportunity to speak to the boss of Sandful Footy Op, Sean Tui on the Sandful Show. Hello to you, Sean. As we mentioned, it's been a pretty chaotic year, which I'm sure you guys all love. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, chaos, I suppose, is, is a good way of putting it. There's plenty been happening with, with, I suppose, our reigning premiers having a really slow start to the year and getting on a bit of a roll in the middle part of the year and um, the Crows continuing on their merry way. Glenelg have been unbelievable. Sturt, you know, those three have cemented their spot in the finals. Um, you know, we've had a bit going on with coaching in, in the last couple of days as well and so it's all happening and, um, you know, it all sort of points towards a really exciting finish to the season in our Host Plus uh, League final series. There is plenty happening, Sean, and you're spot on. I'm not actually sure where to start with you with so much <laughs> happening, but let's, you mentioned Adelaide uh, as form and let's start with this. Adelaide and Port Adelaide both currently in the top five. We potentially could have a sample showdown in the finals. How would that look for the sample? Oh, look, they're two really strong competitive teams within our 10-team competition. So um, I think it looked as good as a, you know, probably not as traditional as a, as a sturt Glenelg final, but um, those teams have proved themselves this year to be to be really strong competitors in the competition and have earned their spot at this stage in the five. You know, the Crows in that top three and, and Port sort of, I think, hanging on to, to about fourth at the moment. So... Um, I think it'd be really exciting for the competition. You'd see some some great players on show, and, um, and, and I think it, I think we've spoken about this before, Dan. It, it lifts our you know our state league players to another level when they come up against AFL listed players, and I think that's a really good thing. So we have, and so to all the Sample fans out there that don't love seeing Adelaide and Port Adelaide having such good success in the Sample, uh, you're ter- you're telling them, Shawnee, that it'd be a good thing. Well, it's it's just reality, isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're, there are two or ten teams in our competition. I would hope that, you know, whilst I appreciate that I think the vocal minority don't don't love it, um, I would hope that they've become used to it now and and it could at least appreciate that uh, I think it does lift, you know, our state league players to another level and they really do enjoy the challenge that come up against quality AFL list of What we've loved every week coming into uh, Studio Lumo here on SENSA, Sean, is um, how unpredictable the season has been. I mean, we're celebrating the fact that Norwood have um, moved from the, the bottom of the table this year, the reigning premiers, but it was only a couple of weeks ago they were in the hunt for the finals. So an even competition with high-quality football with fans turning out to support local football after um, a challenging few years, you can see that positive growth in the local competition, I'm sure? 
Yeah, we definitely can. And I think you know, I think it's probably evidence in our, our crowd numbers this year really spiking again back up from, you know, last year was a bit of a dip and that was there was a number of factors towards that, you know. Um, you know what he was, there was still COVID impacts at the start of last season. We had a really wet and cold season, unfortunately, which is circumstantial. But I think our crowds are averaging about 300 more than last year, this, this time last year, which I think is a great achievement. You know, 300 per week on average, or per game on average, is a lot of people over a season. So uh, we're really proud of that. Our, you know, our events team has done a, and marketing team has done a power of work promoting the competition. The clubs do a power of work with it. You know, our players get behind it as well. And, um, you know, we're really proud of where the comp is at and where it's going. And uh, hopefully we get some days like today's looking and, you know, beautiful sunny weather and uh, that, that leads into finals and we get the crowds continue to come and there's some great footy ahead of us. So, Shawnee, a couple of questions about fixturing and scheduling. Uh, looking at finals this year, all games are scheduled uh, as traditionally on the Sundays, uh, every Sunday throughout September. Was that uh, locked in? We had a Friday night prelim final, I believe it was, or Saturday night a couple of years ago. Was there any talk of uh, changing it up at all? Well, it's really, again, it's, it's the circumstances of, of AFL fixturing in our broadcast schedule with Channel 7 that dictate that we, we really do have to play on the Sundays with the current structure of our final series. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're getting our, our game on Channel 7 and, and to as many viewers as possible for those that can't make it to the game in our regional areas and even in the state on 7 Plus. So, yes, I think the AFL finals really preclude us from, from playing those Friday nights and Saturdays. Um, the opportunity a couple of years ago was was, um, was there when there was no AFL on a Friday night, so we played a Friday night freely. Yeah, you're right, which is great. But um, it does sort of play around with little, um, I suppose, the turnaround for, for games for backing up. I think I think South had to back up for, for a six day break compared to compared to a bigger break for their opposition. So it creates a little bit of inequity, but um, you know, not a major thing. But you know, we, we'll take those opportunities when they come. But at the moment, we're we're stuck with the Sundays and, um, you know, we, just, we can get that on our main Channel 7 uh, broadcast and some clear air from the AFL. And so just one other one with scheduling and fixturing. Uh, this time of year, obviously, the middle of winter, the ovals take a fair battering and, and we see some really challenging decks that the players have to play on. Is there any – a lot of players have spoke with me about this. Is there any um, possibility that you'd look at or clubs would look at using an alternative ground, like a Theberton Oval that the Sample's got, rather than playing at home if the deck is in such a bad condition? Look, it's, it's not something that we've discussed directly. What I, I guess you know, if you look at um, Wigan Oval, at Sturtone Grand, for example, you know, that's, that's obviously – had some challenges recently due to, due to some wet weather and, you know, that ground will, will be resurfaced and some drainage installed at the end of this year. But we've actually moved, you know, juniors and reserves games off that ground to, to ensure we can play league football there, which, which happened on the weekend. And, and the previous two weeks, they've moved a lot of their trainees away. Um, Febbert and Oval has had quite a bit of usage itself and it's been holding a bit of water. So that's also something to consider and probably wasn't looking great after a triple header there last week in the rain. Um, so whilst it's definitely not out of the question and it's something we've considered, it's not something we've had to resort to yet. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't say we haven't come close to it. So. Sean, before we let you go, is the reason for the, the buy this weekend, I mean, it's great because it gives the players a, a bit of a freshen up with a few rounds to go, but it is to get back into sync with the, the AFL program and how the finals are going to look? 
Yeah, it's just it's just uh, the structure of our season. We, when we look to start our season um, every year, and when we have to finish it, we have to just get a certain amount of buys in, gather in through an extra one to it this year. But I think this one just gives the clubs and all players a little chance to reset before reloading into the last part of the year and into finals. So um, yeah, that's why it's come about. Nothing nothing too strategic other than just timing. Awesome. I want you to do us a favour before you say goodbye, and that is touch on the departure of Liz Potter from the Sandful, who for me has been so incredible when it comes to a match day, especially throughout the finals, McGarry medal and all Sandful events. She was um, instrumental in the creation of the game day experience for the Sandful W Grand Final, and we, we know that she's moved on to a, another place of employment, but um, her legacy is going to be incredible at Sandful, right? Oh, 100%. Well, she, um, you know, you've worked very closely with her and uh, as have I, you know, in, in a number of events and particularly across finals and this time of year is where she comes into her own, coming into finals and the Gary medal and event season. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure what we're going to do without her, to be honest, but um, she's done about a 70-page handover, so she's made sure that uh, we've got all the information we need to, to get the job done. But just, you know, someone who's been as, a, as part of the sample for 17 years, you know, they they're really irreplaceable and, um, you know, she's part of the fabric here and um, we'll definitely miss her. And, you know, it was a bit of an emotional farewell on Friday, but um, I think, you know, she's, it's a brave move from her to, to go and try something new and, and you know, the new organisation where she'll be working, I'm very lucky to have her and I'm sure she'll be no stranger to sample football, but um, we wish her all the best. No, beautiful words. Sean Tui, thanks so much for joining us on the Sample Show, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, Thanks, Shawnee. The, the thing about Liz, I'm not sure if you've met her before, but when you think about a, a Sandful Grand Final and the final series, what she managed to be able to do throughout the logistical nightmares, managing broadcast, making sure players were running through the banners on time, making sure the anthem singers were ready to go, that's just a kind of scratching the surface. It's, yep. it's people like her, and there's a reason she'd stayed in that business for 17 years. She's incredible. So um, she gets to watch the Sandful grand, uh, grand Final this year as a fan. Yeah, a bit more relaxed, which is good. But, yeah, she obviously wears multiple hats, as yep. Shawnee does too. They, they do a terrific job because uh, it's there's a lot of different things that go on around the league, and they've got to deal with grassroots but also the AFL. Mm-hmm. So the logistics around all of that is incredible, and, and they do a fantastic job. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League on this Wednesday afternoon. Next, we will head to Panther Park and speak to Sam Skinner from South Adelaide.